Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Okay, welcome in. Monday morning, folks. Three dudes with a view. I am dude number three, Delp Kennedy. Uh, we have got all sorts of stuff going on and has been going on. It's quite a spring. Uh, for one thing, we we had Mule Day this last weekend. It was great. The weather was great. People had a big time. We had a big time doing the broadcast. It is now Easter week, uh, and I know that has, has a lot of, of busyness and meaning to uh, almost all of this community. Tonight in the Tennessee State Legislature, they're going to vote on the Duck Scenic River Bill. That's very important for Murray County. And among other things, this is the third anniversary of when I bought uh, WKRM and WKOM formed Kennedy Broadcasting Company and have enjoyed being a part of this community's uh, in that capacity since. Tremendously enjoyed it. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Doug. Good morning, everybody. Mr. Jim York uh, is not going to be with us this morning. He just sent me a message. He has a, meet, a meeting he has to attend. So, Okay, we'll catch him tomorrow. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad, yes, he, glad he's well, and um, uh, we will, we'll get with him tomorrow. Regular special guest dude on Mondays, Carrie Powers, how are you? Excellent. Happy Monday and happy anniversary, Doug. Big deal. Thank you very much, Carrie. And regular guest, I guess, during the legislative session on Mondays, Representative Scott Specky. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. All right. I know you got to get out of here and get to Nashville. We're going to talk about all those things that I mentioned, but uh, let's let you go first because I know you've got to get on up to the Hill. What's going on? Well, first of all, you are right. Uh, House Bill 447, the Duck River Bill, will be on the House floor tonight uh, for its final vote. Uh, things look very good for us. Uh, I'll be in the well presenting the bill on behalf of Murray County. Uh, we will do our best to protect this thing and push it through. We should be okay. Um, we all know there's a couple members that have an issue with this bill, but we will work through that, take the vote, and hopefully pass this and have it on the governor's desk probably within a week for his signature. <clears throat> um, go ahead. Well, I was going to mention, uh, you know, among other things that's happened lately, uh, is the big... Uh, I don't, I don't know what you want to call it, a riot, mob, protest, uh, which happened in the state capitol last week. I have watched those videos uh, several times, and of course every news outlet, depending on their bias, interprets what's seen there in a different way. I agree with what Speaker Sexton said. It was an attempted uh, occupation of the House floor by transgender, transgender activists, Fortunately, who were repelled by the state troopers. Uh, that's corroborated by the fact that similar demonstrations where they successfully uh, uh, breached the legislative chambers occurred in Kentucky and Texas at the same time. And it just reinforces to me the idea, and this is the, you know, uh, we, we, the tragedy of last week's shooting uh, can't be. Uh, you know, can, can, can cannot be stated enough, but uh, these transgender folks are, you know, to say LBGTQ is just not valid anymore at all. The gay community are parts of our community. They don't do things like this. Uh, they live with us. They work with us. They go to church with us. These transgender folks are vicious, mean, and violent. 
Oh, that's all there is to it. But uh, go ahead, Scott. Oh, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, ooh. yeah, Carrie. What happened? At the, well, there's some things that have happened that have been absolutely horrible, and I'm, I, I I'm just gonna push pause about uh, calling out an entire sector. I think. Oh, well, you know, that's the old good engine, bad engine thing. But uh, uh, I'm sure there. But they, I, I think that's the hallmark of the movement. I mean, that's what's been exposed in the last few weeks. Uh, you know, well, people have shown people who may be LGBTQ plus, and if I missed something, I'm sorry. Have, have, there's some people who have exhibited some things that I would agree with you, but again, I'm personally, you know, I may know some people that I think or, or don't exhibit those behaviors. Well, I, you know, I, I think I, I'm sure that's true. I mean, I, I, but uh, I, again, though. Uh, it's just this is this is a different group than the gay community and they've got a different way of thinking uh they are by definition mentally ill and uh they they they're uh you know have gotten the you know of course who hadn't heard of transgender until biden was elected and uh never heard him talk about it when his election talks from the basement and um uh, you know they that they've now got Biden pushing a false narrative that they're being murdered and whatnot. And actually, the murder rate for transgender people is lower than the population at large. So I, they've got a, a mental health paranoia going on, and uh, they're dangerous. All right, but this and I only mention that to say that Scott's got to have they're they're on a heightened security awareness at the state capitol, and that's another problem going on up there right now. They they the uh, state troopers uh, feel like that we're likely to see more of what we saw last week. So it's been a long week. Um, we had actually really when I left here last Monday and traveled to Nashville as I got close to. Uh, downtown Nashville, we saw the police cars responding to the shooting. We were, I was watching them drive past me. So it was happening in real time while I was driving to oh. the Capitol. And when we got to the Capitol, we found out that there was an active shooter, and pretty much everything stopped right there at the Capitol because it, it's it's happened here. Um, you know, the law, law enforcement for Metro Nashville, you've seen, everybody's seen the body camera. Those guys did a fantastic job. Those men and women got in there as quickly as they could and dispatched a shooter to stop what was happening. Um, they did not wait for authorization. They did not wait to see if they had enough guys or women. They just went in there and did their job, and kudos to them, and we will be recognizing them on the House floor. We were going to try to do it today, but we'll, we'll see what happens there um, for the job that they did in responding to protect those children. You know, there's, there's a greater issue here that we need to look at as a society. And there's a couple things that we need to unpack here. And a couple things that as a state we probably need to step in to do. And let's talk with a couple things very very simply. Well, number one, over the last five years since I've been there, we've spent almost almost $400 million statewide hardening our, our public schools. Uh, cameras, security, locks, uh, providing money for training, uh, the uh, uh, ballistic tape that goes on the glass to keep the glass from shattering. And that's one of the things, if you saw the video of the shooter at Covenant, when they couldn't gain access to the building, they shot the glass out. If that would have had ballistic tape on it, that, that glass would not have shattered, and they would have been stuck outside. The thing we have to do as a, as a state right now 
is to do everything we can to to keep the shooters and there's it's not going to go away we need to keep the shooters on the outside of the schools and not let them gain entry into the schools that's where the, the problems all start so we're, we're looking at that for grants but see the issue is now it's shifted to private schools too so we have to figure out a way and, and this is the way i look at it folks and there's some people in, in Murray County that have sent me emails saying that they don't want their public tax dollars going to private schools to help provide better security for, for, for the children there. And here's the way I look at it is those children are Tennesseans. No matter where they go to school, they are Tennesseans. Number two, those parents pay, pay taxes in some form or fashion. And we have an obligation to make sure that we provide a safe environment for all students wherever they go to school, period. That's, that's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall on. Um, we have the money. It's not going to hurt our budget at all. We can move some money around that was going to be a, 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 a earmarked for maybe transportation with roads. But we have an, we have to make sure that we harden our schools across the board to make sure that we give them all the resources they need to protect our children. Uh, we need to do better in mental health. Uh, we have a huge, huge mental health crisis here. We are going to look at the process on how someone could lose their rights uh, to 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 have a, a firearm through the judicial process, making sure that that is functioning as efficiently as possible, and where it's not passed legislation to make it more efficient. Uh, we are going to look at incentivizing for our in our colleges and universities. Uh, we do it for a lot of other types of of degrees, but maybe psychologists and psychiatrists, social workers, school counselors. That when you go to college and you get those degrees, that we'll have an incentive plan for you. That if you volunteer, if you go to work for the private sector, or if you go to work in relationship with our schools, that we will help. Uh, pay off your student debt to get more people in this business to provide more avenues for people who are under a mental health crisis. And then we got to look at, um, you know, how do we get SROs in every school in the state? And I mean every school in the state. No matter if it's public or private, how do we do this? To make sure that our our schools have someone in, internally that can look at whether or not they're going to be able to uh, have have a, a a trained professional in the schools to handle these types of situations. There's already legislation that we'll be voting on on Wednesday to allow uh, teachers to be able to carry firearms. Uh, th- obviously, that's going to be a very heated discussion. But um, you know, we're, we're looking at all avenues to provide the schools with the most security, the most options, the most availability of the resources that we have at the state, and then also looking at the mental health aspect of it. And then lastly, uh, in, the, in the Governor Lee's budget, we are hiring uh, 35, I believe it's 35, um, uh, Homeland Security agents, but they're not from the federal government, they're from the state. Same title, but they're controlled by the state, not the feds. And we may task them with looking at every one of our schools in the state of Tennessee and doing a threat assessment on every one of those schools in the state of Tennessee to make sure that if we do provide funding for our private and public schools for school safety, uh, that it's going to go to the things that are going to make them the most safe. So that was that's what's triggered all this is on Monday. Of we've, We're looking at this since Monday. And then let's not forget, we had the tragedy with uh, uh, Fort Campbell the nine soldiers who lost their lives on Wednesday, right? I mean, it's been a really tough week for for Tennesseans. Our thoughts and prayers go out to them. That's the second helicopter crash now we've had in two months with the National Guard, so I'm sure they're going to be looking at that and what's going on there. And then we had the horrible storms that came across Tennessee, uh, for, uh, west to east, uh, the loss of life, the loss of property, the loss of everything. Um, and we hear right now, there's possibly on Tuesday, there's more bad weather coming in again. So, it's that time of year. 
I mean, it's, it's it's been a really long week. And then the Duck River Bill, uh, we are going to, like I said, we're going to do everything we can to pass that tonight. And then we're going to continue to look at these things. Um, you know, we were thinking that maybe towards the end of April we'd be out. I think we're probably into May now with what's just happened. I think we're going to be sticking around a little bit longer, making sure that we do everything we can. Because as school starts to end, if we have these school resource grants, then the schools have the time to get these implemented for the next calendar year coming up in, in the fall. Carrie, what do you think about all that? About the schools? Um, kids are kids. Um, just the thought of what these parents are going through, what the husbands of this, admin, you know, the administrator, the sub, the janitor are going through. Um, I agree. Everyone's a Tennessean. Um, you know, we are a public school. My kids go to public schools that have had SROs, and that's given me a lot of confidence. I have mad respect for the SROs, for the role they play in the lives of these kids, the, what they give to these schools. Um, it's just it's a different choice if parents choose to send their kids to private schools, but they are taxpayers, and just no parent, just the thought of any parent going through this because they chose to send their kids to a private school. Um, it's it's a sick world that we are living in that this happens, and I think we do need to pivot the conversation to those kind of resources being everywhere that kids are, and it is very sad. Clyde, what say you? Well, you know, Mr. York is in here this morning, but I could already, I, I can imagine what he would be saying right now if he heard about public funds going into private schools. And that's where I want to ask you a question. Do, do you see any, legally, do you see an issue uh, between the government providing public schools with funding? I thought we were talking or, about sorry, grants. Pre- pre- I thought we were talking about grants, grants. though. Grants. I thought we were okay. talking about grants. Grants, what are, you know, that that is a basic state power under our okay. system of federalism, police and public safety. And uh, it, there, there's nothing about uh, police and public safety that says that only occurs in public places or public institutions. Uh, so that's, uh, that's very much a traditional function of the state. Uh, in our system of federal, federal government has been throughout our history. Uh, and, and the thing we'll make sure of when the grants come down, the autonomy that the private schools have, all we're going to request is that they tell us what they're going to use the funds for so we make sure they're going to school safety instead of other avenues. That's all. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's take a break and come back. We're going to let Scott go early this this time. Local Buick and GMC dealership first for new or owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Parks Motor Sales. At Parks, professional sales staff makes shopping easy. Buick and GMC financing can put you in the vehicle you want. And certified technicians keep vehicles running great. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Go online to parksmotorsales.com. Find your favorite vehicle. Then stop by Parks at 919 Nashville Highway for a test drive. Parks GMC. We are professional grade. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. 
Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today I am at Foodland in downtown Columbia, Tennessee. It is clean, bright, and stocked with everything you could possibly want from a grocery store. I am speaking with Miles Johnson, manager here. Miles, what's happening at Foodland this week? Well, this week we have some really good things going on, just like T-bone steaks, four ninety nine a pound, Boston butt pork roast, dollar seventy nine a pound, five pound bag of golden potatoes, three ninety nine each, green cabbage, forty nine cents a pound, and sun drop twelve packs, two for nine. Oh wow! And Miles, I'll tell you a tale. I stopped by here Saturday. You got the fellas in the back to cut me two inch and a half pork chops. We had them this weekend. They were absolutely delicious, and the price was quite reasonable. Your meat department is known far and wide. I'm glad to hear that. They do a great job. Miles, talk about your days now. We're open seven days a week, open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. here at 427 West 7th Street, right next to the post office. Okay, folks, I am here at Foodland in Columbia, Tennessee, beautiful downtown Columbia, talking with Miles Johnson, manager. Miles, have a great mule day and a great week. Thank you. You too. 
right, folks, we've gone on a break and gotten in an argument that I, it's not worth taking up Scott's time over here. The argument is should private schools pay for the SROs that might be placed in their um, in their schools? And you know this is uh, this is ridiculous. It's the it's the obligation of the state to provide police protection for and safety protection for all of its citizens. What no matter what setting they may be, uh, just because you know there's a, a robbery going on in a private store doesn't mean you don't send the cops. Uh, and so this is ridiculous. And these SROs should be put in every school, both public and private. It's the function of the state to provide safety. And if you don't, if you make the public, the private schools pay for the SRO, you're saying to them you're less worthy of protection than uh, students in public schools, and that dog won't hunt. So anyway, yeah. So, let's go, Scott. So I'll wrap up real quick here. And okay. The, and, and the question we're the question that we will be debating is what we kind of debated right here: is does the money flow to the school or does the money flow to the sheriff's department? I think that matters, right? Oh no, it does because it, because that, that, I agree that that, that matters. That was the argument, Del. Right. Was where did the, where does the money go to a but private? Money, oh, well, I'm assuming it's going to the sheriff's. Yeah, department. it's yeah. probably it's probably going to go to the sheriff's department. But there'll be memorandum. We just passed a bill that uh, allows private schools to have memorandum of understandings for security with the sheriff's department. Now, we passed that three weeks ago, so we never knew that this was going to play out like this. Well, I mean, I think that's just understood. Right. These would be sheriff's deputies that are under control of the sheriff. Because if you're going to have, by definition, an SRO, school resource officer, those are employees of the sheriff's department, trained officers, deputized, that have the ability to arrest to do the normal law enforcement. So, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about private security, of course the private school should pay for now, it. Which... which CA has. They do have private security. Yeah. Um, is it the same as an SRO? No. No, it's not. Uh, we, we had, in, in the bill that the governor was proposing, uh, he had the term SSO, a school safety officer. Those were unarmed people. That was one of the, and, and we talked to the governor, we're like, look, it, you cannot have an unarmed person in a school when someone shows up with a gun. You got to have an armed person, so we changed it to an armed SSO, and by law now that switches it to somebody that has gone through the training, the post certification, et cetera, et cetera. And it'd be, it'd be up to the sheriff to make sure that the person has the training, mm-hmm. the person reports to the sheriff, uh, and uh, but we do have if, financially, we do have the ability because of the way we govern, we do have the ability to to provide these resources to the sheriff's department to contract with these memorandums of understanding with, like in Murray County, right? You'd have Agathos, you would have uh, Zion, you'd have Columbia Academy. Whitestone. Whitestone. Um, and And so you would have more deputies at the sheriff's department operating in these facilities yeah they, these sros are just deputies who are are posted to a school uh, position but we had a uh, and 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 carrie you brought it up and clayton you brought it up i mean we had this this big debate on friday when i was working uh, up in nashville we had a big debate up there about you know um where's the money going to go i mean who's going to administer the funds and we kept coming back to, well, if you're going to have an SRO, they have to be deputized and controlled by the sheriff. They have to answer to somebody for their actions. Right. They can't right. answer to, um, you know, the headmaster at a school. They have to answer to someone in law enforcement that has authority over them. Agreed. And so, um, and, and we talked about this is, look, just because you go to a private school does not mean you're not a citizen of Tennessee, and we have a constitutional obligation to provide safety and welfare for everybody. And so we've seen that um, 
uh, our schools and and Carrie, you were on the school the school board when we started to harden all of our public schools with the the Raptor systems, the the, the locks, the, the cameras. I mean, I'm a state representative, and trust me, I still got to show my idea to get in, mm-hmm. right? And, and and so we've done a fantastic job of hardening our public schools, and what we're worried about is the vulnerability of our of our private schools right now on the campuses that they have. Hey, can I just shout out two public schools, you know, between Brown, Whitthorn, Central, which was my purview. They take that seriously. Mm-hmm. So I just do want to give a shout out to the people that, um, you know, take on those roles in public schools. Mm-hmm. So back to private, please. But I just I think it, it's a well-deserved shout out to the people that yeah, take safety but, seriously. But these, these discussions, I gather, Scott, are what's going to uh, they've been shoved to the forefront by uh, these recent events. And that's what's going to push the legislature to make. That's correct. Since this since this shooting uh, being a big advocate for schools, for education, uh, we've been drawn into these meetings. We've been having them all week long, working on different solutions and um, starting out where it was where it was not a good idea what we were proposing doing, narrowing it down to the things that I've talked about today, about things we need to work on to make sure. Um, and and the hardest part is we're trying to figure out is you have to be very careful, very careful taking away a constitutional right of somebody prematurely. Because if you take away somebody's constitutional right, it's very hard to get it back, especially when you're dealing with mental health. And so we're trying to figure out how we work through that, but we're going to be looking at the entire process. We have Attorney General Scrimetti working on this with his staff. I mean, this is something that that we are we are going to get right. We've reached out to the Sheriff's Association, law enforcement, uh, education, education, educators, uh, and trying to figure out how do we move forward with this to do everything we possibly can to make sure that every school in the state of Tennessee is hardened enough that it, it makes it almost virtually, and I can't say totally, but almost virtually impossible for someone to gain entrance into our schools to provide, to do what, the, what this shooter did. Because if we can keep them on the outside, we win. Yeah, of course, Scott, what you're talking about is, is perhaps uh, a judicial procedure whereby someone uh, could be found to be a danger to himself or others and stripped of their right to bear arms mm-hmm. in a state proceeding. Uh, and that yeah, I, that's that's easy to talk about, hard to do. Hard to do. So, hey, uh, we'll, go, we'll ahead. go ahead, and then I have a question. We'll, we'll go ahead, because i gotta, I got to go, so go ahead. Well, what about preschools? I mean, how many do we have here in Murray County? Mm-hmm. But what I mean, where does the conversation of safety of kids stop? It doesn't. And, and how many SRO? I, I, is there a number? Like you look at Columbia Central, I think they have two. Mm-hmm. It's a big school. Columbia Academy is a big school. If they're spread out across the camp, I mean, how, how do you? Is there a? Is there a number? Is there like one per five hundred students? I mean, I mean, what, what's the discussion like in Nashville about that? As far as you know. You, you know, you could say one per school, but what if the school's big or a big yeah, campus? Yeah, I mean, right. Columbia Academy's got a Spring Hill campus and a Columbia campus. That's true. And so that's that's the nuances of the debate, is how do we do this, right? Do we just provide... Do we provide funding to a to a sheriff, right? Right, and then he has the where he has the ability to determine what his threat assessment is for his county, and he he assigns the assets accordingly. That's a that's that's the debate we're having is do we say everything's got to have one or do we say hey let's trust our law enforcement to make the right decisions let's let Sheriff Rowland determine his threat assessment and where his assets are best spent 
That makes sense to me. To go out, look at each school, look mm-hmm. at the number of students, right. and then report back to the state how and, many And, we and look at the hardening, right? I mean, if, let's face it. Let's look at Columbia Academy, for instance, right? Right. It has a fence all the way around it. Yeah, you could you could actually block off the entire campus. Exactly. So so the 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 resource the the school security grants. I've, I've seen that fence jumped on or climbed on many occasions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but like the school the school security of being able to to put a layer at Columbia Academy would be relatively easy because it's already got a fence all the way around it, right? And then you could do other things. But like at Zion, right? That's a pretty wide open campus. How do you secure a Zion? So that's where those those the resources of the Homeland Security personnel from the state, that their task is, these are professionals, to partner with the sheriffs and partner with local law enforcement to look at this campus and look at the threat assessment. What can we use the money in grants for to harden the facility, to make it more secure? And then the sheriff has to decide, okay, can we get it to a point that we're okay with, or do I have to assign a school resource officer there for additional that, security. That makes sense to me, Scott, but I'm just one I'm I'm so, one voter. So these are the discussions we've been having now for the last week. Oh. And trying to figure out and and the thing is the schools that we have right now in the state as private are still at risk right now. Yeah. They're still at risk. And so how do we expedite this as quickly as possible? Because you know as well as I do, with the workforce out there right now, let's say we put 100 or $200 million into, school, into, into grants for school security. That means every district in the state is looking for people for cameras, for locks, for security windows, right? Who's going to do all the work? And how do you get it done in an expedited way? Because now you've got 147 school districts with funding, including private schools, right? There's 557 private schools across the state that now they're all looking for people to help harden their facilities, too, and do it in a quick, logistical manner that we can have in place as quickly as possible. Whoa. Yep. (laughs) Whoa. You guys need to be in session longer because, I mean, it's going to take – if it's going to be done right, that's going to take a while. Yeah, my my, my gut feeling is we were going to try to be out probably by the end of April. I think we're here till at least May now. All right, Scott, be safe up there. Good luck with Duck Got to go Duck River today. Duck River tonight. We came for a report on that in the morning. Uh, and uh, thank you thank you for your uh, Monday visits during this le- legislative session. Uh, we appreciate it. All right, folks, we are – Let's. Uh, we had a great Mule Day here. We broadcast the Mule Day. The weather was great. We had a big time doing it. Had a party going on right here at Front Porch Radio. Had a lot of people here. Uh, Carrie, what was your meal day like? Uh, my, I experienced meal day through the eyes of two of my three children. I was off at a cheer competition, but I did see a picture of an old friend of mine, Shell, here with a mule while she was in a fairy costume, I believe. Oh, I saw that. Um, yeah, she so. actually brought brought it up on the front porch here before the parade. Yeah, and being an old friend, it did not surprise me at all when I saw that picture. So shout out to Shell, but um, oh, she my, had pixie dust the whole nine yards. Two of my three kids sure had a ball. Go Columbia! Record sounds like record breaking attendance and um, longest parade I've ever seen. And especially with tornado threats the night before, yeah. like let's stick to the plan. I assume you know that's but sounded like a great day to see my the two kids that reported back to me they had a ball oh it was it was awesome lots of mules lots of fun things going on pretty girls uh and uh it, it was just all good there was only one thing in the parade that i thought 
was missing, and that was there was no marching band. You know, I year. thought about that. Well, there, there was yeah. a there was another thing that was missing, uh, and I'm not passing judgment on this one way or the other. But Congressman Andy Ogles uh, <laughs> was not in the parade and was, uh, by all accounts, I have not present in Columbia at Mule Day. So, uh, yeah, that that to say I'm shocked about that is I'm not. Well, these were missing. I'm kind of trying to fit that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect oh. that Andy would show, and he did. Um, but Columbia, uh, Murray County has a lot of great bands. I, I do. I wonder if it's spring break. But, I mean, the yeah, soccer team was playing down in Foley. I mean, there are lots of school yeah. events. I, hey, we maybe that's something that... Needs to be considered I, I, for next year. You're right. Show Clay, it off. Show Clay, it off, I, Murray County. I did miss the marching band. I did. Yeah, um, usually there's a marching band. Uh, I don't know. All right, we'll see. see. Let's take a break. Come back. No marching band. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me, painfree.com, or call 615-551-9224. 
Vintage doesn't always mean long-lasting. As your home systems age, your repair costs, utility bills, and breakdowns rise. During Hiller's Vintage Showdown, we're giving away a free new system to the owner of the oldest HVAC unit. Submit a picture of your old equipment online to see if you qualify as the winner. Everybody wins with trade-in credits plus 0% financing for up to 48 months with approved credit on select new HVAC systems. Enter to win now at happyhiller.com. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Alzheimer's Tennessee is kicking off the walk season with a celebration lunch for the 2023 Murray County Walk to Make Alzheimer's a Memory. Wednesday, April 12th, 1130 a.m., Blevins Hall, Williams Funeral Home, 2517 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Call 615-580-4244 or email Cheryl.Blanchard at tnalz.org for more details. Visit www.alztennessee.org slash murraywalk to sign up to walk and start your team. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. folks as i mentioned earlier it is the third anniversary of mary susan and i buying wklm wkrm uh forming kennedy broadcasting company and we have enjoyed every minute of it becoming immersed in this community uh uh putting ourselves we hope into uh the crossroads of the community the crossroads of conversation whether it be music on wkrm particularly or uh, news talk sports or news talk on this station and sports on both stations WKRM and WKOM Uh, and folks I was listening to Nashville radio whether you be listening to music or talk uh, there's a difference Uh, you know Nashville radio music they got their 250 song playlist or whatever and then they got their a b and c songs and it's all you know focus group tested and designed to get ratings and blah 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 we care much more here about being a part of the community now we do appreciate you listening there's no doubt about that 
But our approach on the WKRM side is to what I've asked people uh, who do our live broadcasts, the host shows there to do, is to uh, get the folks who in, here in southern middle Tennessee are making music and get them on the air. Uh, give them an opportunity to showcase and give this community an opportunity to get to know them. And uh, that's that's a big deal. i tell you what's neat. Last night behind this station over at the Mule House, you had uh, a big concert that was supposed to be Friday that was moved to yesterday with uh, country music star Chris Jansen. But Columbia's own Shane Prophet opened for him. And what's neat is Shane, I, be- I believe it was uh, 103.7 to be KRM, where Shane had one of his first songs ever played on the radio. Yeah, yeah. He's a friend of the station. We've welcomed him here Absolutely. many times, and we look forward to having him back. Uh, and uh, shortly after we bought, the, and, and as far as uh, talk radio goes, you know, in Nashville, again, uh I don't know. Cumulus owns like WTN. They're from who knows where they're from. New York, Chicago, something. Texas, something like that. And each one of those talking heads that you, they do a good job, and I listen occasionally. But they uh, are only there as far as you know the next rating period, and when ratings fall, they're gone. And uh, they are told what they can say, uh, and sometimes it's pretty strict or ask so what they can say or ask. You know, here on this station, you know, the only thing that um, we tell people that they can't say is just don't get us sued. That's it. Uh, And we, you know, Mr. York and Clayton and Carrie are not going to get fired because their ratings are bad. First of all, (laughs) well, I am. Clayton is paid. Carrie's not paid anything. Uh, What matters is that we're a crossroads for the community because. Uh, I own these radio stations, and my children and my grandchildren work and live and go to school here. You own these radio stations. They are your radio stations. We had a lady come in last week, and we were live on the air. I didn't know who the heck she was, but I said, have a seat and ask who she was. And uh, it turned out she was raising money for uh, scholarships uh, out at Central High School. I can't remember the name of that fund. Uh, uh, the Dorothy Campbell Golf Tournament? That's it. Okay, yeah. yes. Christy, Christy Smith. Smith came yeah. and gave a shout-out for the endowment at the startup endowment at Columbia Central. So shout-out for right. that. We have an upcoming golf tournament. That's what we're here for. She just walked in, and we were live and on there and said, Howdy, and who, who are you? Tell me what you're doing. And, and uh, that's that's why these are your radio stations. Uh, and, and I'm going to play here a mission statement that I put together at the beginning which is still the one that we play all the time. It's never going to change. And it's pretty simple of what I expect of the people uh, who work here uh, to uh, follow this mission statement. And it's not going to change. Coach Mike, play it, please. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, 
rivers, the great outdoors, health care, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of southern middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Folks, that's not going to change. And uh, that's what we try to do every day. We do thank you for welcoming us welcoming us into this community this last three years, um, for letting us become your radio stations here at WKOM, WKRM. Uh, and we look forward to, to more of it. Uh, in the meantime, let's see what else we've got to talk about. It is Easter week. I know at my church we are chock full of all sorts of activities, uh, <clears throat> worship services uh, going on all week long, uh, and it's truly a season of joy. Uh, we had a wonderful, we had a, they, they, I really loved our Palm service, Palm Sunday service yesterday. It was. It, it was really nice, and it, it was a beautiful day that the kids were able to go outside in the, in the front yard there and uh, during their, their Sunday school time. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really good service, and uh, looking forward to what what all is in store this week and uh, this upcoming weekend. Right, right. And I'm going to reach out to a friend of the station, Demetrius Nelson, see if he'll come on with us later in the week. <laughs> Talk about Easter a little bit. He's the pastor of Carmack Boulevard Church of Christ. Um, all right, what else? The Duck Scenic River Bill is on tonight uh, for a vote. Scott Specky's already talked about that. And, you know, some of you may have heard that Trump's been indicted. Uh, this, uh, I'm, t- I'm telling you right now. And, and Mr. York's going to come on here tomorrow. And he's, oh, he's, I know. He's, he's going to talk Trump. about how this is justice. Yeah. and Here, dra- you know, here th- Trump, take a drink. You yeah. know, if they did this to Obama, it would be, you know, it would be the other way around. He'd claim it's racism and everything else. But here's the deal. When the folks at the Washington Post editorial board... And let's just be honest, the Washington Post is not conservative by any means. In fact, you know, that we know they're part of the mainstream media. They're part of the problem of this country. When they come out and they say that this is junk, I mean, that, that, that tells you all you need to know. I, you that know, tells you all you need to know. I don't know what the law in New York is, but a non-disclosure agreement with your mistress, even if she ever was his mistress, uh, it's just not illegal. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, Carrie, you're over there just batting your eyes. What's up? Well, I'm just taking it all in. This isn't something I've really been following. I don't, yeah. I mean. Well, folks, let, let me say this. And there, there were two instances over the weekend that are totally unrelated to Trump, but what we are increasingly seeing in this country uh, is justice. It depends on where you're standing. Absolutely. And uh, in New York over the weekend, uh, a man was, I think it was a would-be robber, was accosted by an armed man. The man was unarmed. The robber shot the man in the stomach. In the middle of that, the the man who had been shot uh, managed to wrestled the gun away from the robber the robber was still confronting him uh facing him and was in a position to uh wrestle back the gun from the now wounded man the victim the the wounded man the one who had been accosted in the first place shot the would-be robber 
and is now charged with attempted murder in New York. Stupid. Clearly self. Stupid. Clearly self defense. Meanwhile, <laughs> now get this one. Down in Texas, a man's car was stolen. He happened to have a, one of these Apple AirTag things. I saw this. San Antonio, oh, Texas. Happened yeah. to have one of these Apple AirTag things in his car. And he looked on his phone or whatever, and the car was parked about 20 miles away. And so he goes, <laughs> he goes to get his car and to confront the car thief, finds the car thief, and shoots him graveyard dead. Clearly, first-degree premeditated murder. Currently, no charges. <laughs> no charges. <laughs> yeah. That's Texas. Currently, no charges. No charges. And it, it may not be any charges from what... Uh, that fellow's got... Uh, he that, that is clearly premeditated first-degree murder. Uh, you know, there is no reason on the planet the police couldn't have been called to retrieve the car and arrest the thief. You know, he could all he had to do is call the police and tell them where the car was. And, uh, uh, and and a man would not have been killed, and and so uh, I'm sure Texas will end up doing the right thing. But uh, it's yes, Texas. At last report, at last report, you know he's at home uh, enjoy. It was home enjoying his Sunday dinner. I and he's know. got his vehicle back. <laughs> he got his car back. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Del, yeah. because th- th- this is this is uh, something that is being talked about with this whole Trump thing. If this judge record fundraising and, and exactly. Trump, Trump's talking about selling uh, copies of his mugshot as a fundraiser, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. Uh, let me ask you a question: If this judge puts a gag order on him tomorrow, tell the listeners what that means. I mean, what what all? I mean, what, what is a gag order? Let's just start there. Well, a gag order restricts your ability to speak, and they're they're frowned upon because. Uh, you you do have a right to free speech, and uh, uh, so the courts are not supposed to impose a gag order unless there is a compelling reason to uh, remove or hinder someone's right of free speech. Well, we know New York's not going to follow that, and they're going to do it. So, what well, is, what does that mean for Trump? And what because he's saying this could be election interference on this judge and DA's part by putting a gag order on it. Well, I'm, but again, you know, justice depends on where you're standing. And, you know, I will never go to New York. Right. I wouldn't risk getting a speeding ticket in New York, stay upstate or down. Uh, the uh, you, You're simply, as a Tennessean, uh, you're going to be stereotyped. You're not going to get a fair trial uh, in any respect, whether that's civil or criminal. You know, I'm not going to do business in New York either, uh, where I might have to be availed into, a, you know, a monetary dispute in a New York court. Um the uh a gag order the only purpose legitimate purpose of it in a criminal law context is potential uh in or influence upon potential jurors uh you know uh and uh, that seems to be a stretch here in this case but who knows what a new york judge is going to do i mean you know to to try to find jurors who don't have some preconceived notions about trump in new york is going to be very difficult and mm-hmm. uh you can imagine most of them are going to have you know uh pre you know they're going to say 
he's guilty and then tell me what he's charged with you know that's that's the way the democratic parties do but, it. i mean this is third guilty just tell me what he's charged with this is third world stuff though man i mean we're talking about arresting a former president of the united states over hush money i mean this is insane like i said i've never you know non, i've written and then provided non-disclosure agreements for clients many times over the years i nothing about them illegal uh so uh you know I, I, whatever i i don't i don't know what's going on there but like i said that's um Justice justice depends on where you're standing. I don't think the Democrats actually want Trump to go away. Because I've said this on the show many times. If they would just be quiet and leave Trump alone, he wouldn't get the attention that he, you know, he wouldn't keep. Like you mentioned, he raised over $4 million. No, it's $5 million and counting. Okay, five. So... The more they do this to him, the stronger he gets. All right, Gary, you're sitting there like a turtle on a log. What? I mean, I agree with Clayton. I just, I think this is a bit strategic, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish that, I mean, served as president. I liked some of the things he did, but I think it's gotten real messy. I wish he'd get one, but I think people are keep stirring it up to where it's going to keep him. I mean, he loves the attention and it's going to. He's oh, going to win people. a nomination. I'm telling you. Yeah, and I really wish that that wasn't the case. So I agree with you. I wish that that you people know, would. I think the Democrats want to keep him in the news. You know, it doesn't matter if DeSantis is the nominee. The 30 women he slept with, the histrionics, the the uh, craziness is not going to tone down one bit. Look what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. They're going to yeah, they're going to try to indict DeSantis to just forget about Trump and indict DeSantis the minute he gets the nomination. You know, it's not going to change anything. All right, we're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. Ron Hart Day. And tomorrow we will have, well, I'm not sure. We may have a special guest tomorrow. Uh, guest has texted a little while ago that not feeling so well, so we'll see about that. We will have Ron Hart, as far as we know, and hopefully we'll have Mr. York back. Yes. All right. See you tomorrow. You